This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This podcast contains adult themes and language, and some of the things that we discuss may be disturbing to some listeners. In this podcast, we discuss sexual assault, torture, race, and murder. Listener discretion is advised. Episode one, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Fruit Loops is a podcast about true crimes committed by people of color and their victims that we don't hear or know much about. Now, contrary to popular belief, not all serial killers are white dudes. No way! Uh, there are many well documented cases of serial killers of color, and Fruit Loops is a podcast all about them. We will take deep dives into the fascinating lives and crimes of serial killers and true crimes committed by people of color and their victims that the media and entertainment commonly leave out because, well, the news is racist, allegedly. (laughs) And we are Wendy and Beth. She's Wendy. I'm Beth. We're not journalists, investigators, or psychologists. We're just a couple of gals interested in true crime. Also, the opinions expressed in this podcast are just that, our opinions. Please send any questions or comments to fruitloopspod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 602-935-6294, and we may feature it on a future episode. Also, Mm -hmm. our website is fruitloopspod.com, our Facebook page is Fruit Loops Pod, and our discussion group is Fruit Loops Pod Discussion on Facebook. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at Fruit Loops Pod. So everything is Fruit Loops Pod. Everything is Fruit Loops Pod. And if, if you're not on Facebook and you're like, how do I get in the discussion? Um, there we, we um, put posts out on Instagram and Twitter with the hashtag Fruit Loops Pod discussion. So if you want to join the conversation and you're not, you're not, not fuckings with Facebook right now, um, you can follow that hashtag. Yeah. So. If you want to support the show, you can send us a donation on the Cash app, which you can download to your phone, or you can find online at cash.me forward slash dollar sign Fruit Loops Pod, or you can become a monthly patron through our Podbean patron page. We also have some merch for sale on our website at fruitloopspod.com forward slash merch. And if you can't help monetarily, no problem. You can always give us a five-star review on well, it's Apple Podcast now because iTunes is dead, or anywhere else you get your podcast from. 
And be sure to share our show with your friends. Yeah. So, who are we talking about today, Beth? Well, today we are talking about Pedro Rodriguez Filo, also known as the Brazilian Dexter. Mm. He's a Brazilian serial killer who mainly killed other criminals. This story was suggested to us by Maggie on Facebook. Oh, well, thank you, Maggie. You know yeah. what? I'm going to give you a hip-hop air horn for giving us that yeah, recommendation. definitely. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Thanks, Maggie. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Maggie. So, how you doing? Um, I don't know. It's been kind of a rough few weeks for me personally. Um, everything's going to be fine. Of but course. I've just been having trouble focusing um, and I'm sure that getting into the podcast again will help because whenever I'm super busy, I have to get super organized because otherwise I'm toast. <laughs> You're the most organized pers- person I've ever met, like in my in my whole life. I mean, folders upon folders, tabs upon tabs, just everything. I have to Color keep coding. everything organized. <laughs> But it's so much work to keep things organized. It would almost be more exhausting. I kind of like it, though. (laughs) Put everything in its place. Everything's organized. It doesn't feel messy. (laughs) Although my house is a mess. It's just like. It's okay. just like uh, work and stuff that I keep organized. Everything else is a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> You're living your truth, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I, I'm sure there's, I always say, because um, I, I have been to my fair share of shit shows, but in my, I always tell myself, um, things always work out in the end. And if they things do. are still shitty, then it must not be the end. So <laughs> yeah. just, just got to keep going. <laughs> just got to keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's so, true. I got to remember that one. <laughs> yeah. It must just not be the end. So <laughs> it's not the end. Uh, but yeah, so it'll, it'll be all right. It's going to be all right. And we will, yeah. we'll add you to the prayer list. So yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. How are you doing, Wendy? Oh, I am so happy to be back potting. I wrote yeah. a little rap. Would you like to hear it? <clears throat> sure, do it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> this, is, this is after Jay-Z and the um, N-Words in Paris song that him and Kanye West crafted, which I still think is quite a banger. Um, Pot so hard, motherfuckers gotta find me. But first, listeners gotta find me. So many things happened while we were out on the break. I just want to thank everyone for sticking with us. I just am happy to be back. (laughs) So now we're going to get into some listener letters. All right. Oh, they're here. There they are. Beautiful angels. They're so pretty. Oh, they are. Thank you, angels. Oh, so what's first? (laughs) Christine on Facebook. She said, love the show. Love the premise. These women get it right. I love their sensitivity, humor, and political commentary. I listen mm. to all the podcast recommendations, too. Thank you. Mm. Keep up the Thank excellent you. work. Yeah, thanks. Well, and I'm glad you listened to all the podcast recommendations. Yes, thank you. There you go, Christine on Facebook. Thank you very much. Um, I was... Um, noticing because uh, we kind of track our numbers not not to be vain or anything but just to like see like where we are and you know are, are people actually listening to yeah. us yeah should we still keep doing this, should we keep doing this? <laughs> and, 
yeah, it turns out people do listen to our show. Um, not my mom or anything, but like people. So anyway, I <laughs> I realized that we have listeners all over the world. And I just want to wow. shout out our listeners in the UK, in Australia, in Canada. We even have listeners all over the continent of Africa and wow. South and Central America. It's wild. Cool. <laughs> so Very cool. special thanks. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. You guys all over the world get, get hip hop air horns for, yeah. um, for fucking with us. Thank you so much. Um, also, special thanks to our patrons and our Patreon supporters um, who have been riding with us and rocking with us and really helping keeping the show afloat. Um, so, uh, first, Carolyn Bumblebee, Savannah, Na Na Na, Khadija, we need ya, Mean Green Marlene, Elia, ah, you're the right girl I never had, and I want to get to know you better. Ron Dickalickalus, Mercedes, she's been dope since the 80s, and JD, baby, we love you all. Thank you so much, everybody who's been supporting us. (laughs) So um, since since we're opening up a new season, um, we don't do this little race to crime discussion every episode, but we like to sprinkle it in just to remind people what our mission is. Before we get into our episode, we would like to say that this is a podcast about true crime and people of color. True crime is difficult to talk or hear about sometimes, and race can be as well. But both are just part of the world that we live in, and we want this place to be a safe space where we can have honest discussions about all of it. Um, We may not always say the right things, but talking about true crime helps us stay safer, we think. And talking about history, society, race in an honest way makes us all better people. Um, we are learning all the time, all of us, and hopefully trying to be our best sexy selves. So hip hop air horns, <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, and we welcome our listeners to be a part of the conversation on Facebook or Twitter at Fruit Loops Pod or email us at fruitloopspod at gmail.com or follow the hashtag Fruit Loops Pod discussion. All right, let's uh, take a quick break and then we're going to dive on into the story when we get back. I'm Woody Overton, host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Join me each week to hear true and unscripted stories of the cases I actually worked during my career as a major crime investigator in South Louisiana. Go to realliferealcrime.com where you can listen to each week's episodes and find links to our social media. I appreciate y'all. Don't let me catch you down on the bike. Okay, so uh, who is our subject today, Beth? Today we are talking about Pedro Rodriguez Filo. And uh, just a note that Filo means junior. So his Mm -hmm. name is actually Pedro Rodriguez Jr. Mm -hmm. But he is also known as Padrino Matador, which roughly translates to Killer Petey. Um, It's actually Mm -hmm. Killer Little Pedro, but Pedro in English, uh, they... They say it's equivalent to Pete, so. Mm-hmm. And the Eno suffix, um, you could put Eno or Inita in, in um, 
like the, the romantic languages behind a, a word and make it indicate small or cute or little. Yeah, little. So it would be Side like note. little Pete. That's why they say mm-hmm. Petey. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's also known as the Brazilian Dexter. As we mentioned, Ooh. he killed other criminals and he is considered right. the most prolific serial killer in Brazil. He is believed to have killed more than 100 people. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, only mm-hmm. 71. Only 71. <laughs> only 71 are confirmed kills. Amateur. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of murders. So uh, now we are going to get into, by the way, when I was researching this, um, there was another Brazilian serial killer who killed like, 300 people and the oh my I, God. I got his name confused with this oh. guy oh. um and so in the beginning i was researching this other guy oh no and, I, and, then, and then i was looking at the at the document i was like what the what the heck this doesn't sound right anyway i hope you put him on the list I did should. you put him on I, the I list will. yeah definitely i didn't, I didn't but I, I will i will um yeah. So now we are going to get into some uh, stats. All right. <laughs> yes, you did it so good. Oh, some people, some, some people can't roll their R's. I don't understand it. <laughs> um, so uh, his AKAs are Pedrino Matador, Killer Petey, the Brazilian Dexter, Pedrino, Little Pedro, he was born uh, June 17th, 1954. Uh, so I guess that makes him 65 now. Uh, he was born in Santa Rita do Sapucaí in the state of Minas Gerais, Brazil. Uh, he's of Brazilian nationality. Um, but I believe that he is an Afro-Latin individual from Brazil. Um, and we can talk about that okay. later when we get into Culture Corner. But there are Brazilians who identify as white and then Brazilians who don't. Um, he claims to have killed 100 people, but was confirmed to have killed 71. His his father was Pedro Rodriguez Sr., and his crimes took place from 1967 to 2003, and he was apprehended for the first time in May on May 24th of 1973. Okay. So now we are going to dive into the setting. Take us there, Beth. This story takes place in Brazil, or officially the Federative Republic of Brazil, from 1967 to 2003. A little history on Brazil. It was colonized by Portugal, uh, so they speak Portuguese. Of course, uh, the indigenous people already lived there when it was colonized. So, as usual, the colonizers, quote-unquote, discovered something that was already there and everyone already knew about <laughs> surprise that's what colonizers tend to do yeah. <laughs> oh this is new this, oh, oh I, I think i'm gonna take yeah i'm just gonna take it i like it i'm gonna make it mine and then i'm gonna impose all my rules and beliefs and everything it's gonna be great <laughs> we're all gonna speak portuguese now okay guys <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay okay yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny. I was listening to a podcast about racism, of course, as I tend to do. And there was a white guy who was like, he was do, he was doing this racial sensitivity training, but he like couldn't get past the fact that he wasn't allowed to say the N word. Huh. Or and he was like, black black people call each other the N word all the time. Why can't I say it? Uh... And it was sort of that 
it was it was case in point that colonizer mentality like yeah i see it i want to use it i want to do it i want to have it so let me have it yeah (laughs) no no you can't (laughs) no you can't do that sir (laughs) so um welcome to culture corner with wendy and beth brazil is part of latin america and it's the largest latin american country in the world it is also the world's fifth largest country by in terms of surface area and the fifth most populous. Its capital is Brasilia and its most populated city is Sao Paulo. I've said in the past that Brazilians are not Hispanic. They are actually Latin X or Latin X. And the difference has to do with colonization. Brazil was colonized by Portugal and Portuguese is the official language. They were not colonized by Spain, which is why they are not considered Hispanic. It is widely spoken by most of the population, and the Portuguese dialects spoken there are known as Brazilian Portuguese. Um, fun fact about Brazil, uh, it was tremendous as far as slavery goes. Boy, did they have a racket on it. Uh, our subject is, I believe him to be Afro-Latinx. Um, he is from Brazil, but... Uh, He appears to me to have African ancestry. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Currently, there are 75 million of African descent in Brazil. Brazil was the last country in the Western Hemisphere to abolish slavery. But white supremacy endures and the sequelae of slavery are apparent in literacy rates amongst Brazilians of African descent, poverty rates, employment rates, uh, life expectancy rates among those who are black in Brazil. And by the way, there are Brazilians who identify as white. So think of Giselle Munchen, that supermodel who's married to Tom Brady, um, or that other Victoria's Secret model. Anyway, I can't remember her name. Also, <laughs> fun fact <laughs> about race of racism is illegal in Brazil. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is, I thought was really interesting. Yeah, so, that is. Um, now we are going to get into the killer's early life. Hit it, Beth! <laughs> Well, before we get started on this one, I think we should mention that there is a lot of conflicting information out there about Pedro Rodriguez Filo, and some of the stories about him may not be entirely true. From everything we've read, he does have a confirmed murder count of 71, but some of the stories surrounding his life may have been embellished. Okay. Pedro Rodriguez Filo was born on June 17th. 1954. Shout out to my Geminis. <laughs> in uh, Santa Rita do Sapucaí, which is in the southern part of Brazil, in the Brazilian state of Minas Gerais. Filo, in this case, is the equivalent of Junior, which we mentioned earlier in English. So Pedro's father was Pedro Rodriguez Sr. The family was living in poverty, and at least one source said that Pedro was one of 14 siblings. That's a lot of kids. That is a lot of kids. I um, listened to a bunch of podcasts about it, and uh-huh. um, they all had different numbers. Like, oh, wow. one said 12, one said 13, one said 14. Yeah. So, a lot yeah. of kids. Yeah, there were a lot of kids, and, and uh, like I said earlier, uh, the there's a lot of conflicting information out there. So we don't right. know for sure. Uh, Pedro Rodriguez Sr. Uh, was very abusive and beat Pedro's mother while she was pregnant with him. As a result, baby Jesus. Pedro, or Pedrino, little Pedro, was born mm-hmm. with a bruised skull. 
Rodriguez Sr. was also abusive towards the rest of the family, including Pedro. And in turn, Pedro exhibited signs of violence at a young age. Mm. At 13, he got into a fight with his cousin and pushed him into a sugarcane grinder. Pedro's story is that his cousin had punched him in the eye while they were playing, and Pedro swore revenge. He then waited for the perfect moment to push his cousin through the sugarcane press as hard as he could. He wanted his whole body to go through the press. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But only his arm got caught uh, up to his shoulder. Uh, Pedro ran, and later in life, he would laugh when telling this story. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> that is pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah. it is pretty fucked up. But it's, um, I mean, there were so many kids, it's not like his mom could be like, let's take you to the feelings doctor, you know, and they yeah, were in poverty, so. Yeah, and I, and I also uh, wonder how much of, I mean, he, he makes it sound like he, uh, it was all premeditated, but I wonder how much mm-hmm. it was just like in the moment. Um Oh, yeah. yeah. Could have been an accident. And yeah. He was that he was just they were just fighting and he pushed him and he fell into the sugar cane press. Um, and mm. then later on, he, he retrofitted <laughs> the story. So <laughs> I yeah. don't know that Could I feel be. like a, a lot of a lot of his story is embellished. So, oh. yeah, that's just oh, my opinion. Have to tell me more about this later. <laughs> okay. okay. So uh, <laughs> when Pedro was 14, his father was accused of stealing food from a school in the bordering town of Alfenas, where he worked as a security guard. He was fired by the vice mayor of the town for stealing food, although uh, Rodriguez Sr. said he was innocent. Uh, Pedro then took a shotgun and shot the vice mayor. Some reports say at his house and others say that it was in front of City Hall. Pedro's father wasn't the greatest guy, as we know, but it turns out a different security guard actually committed the theft, not his father. Pedro then murdered the security guard, the real thief. Or anyway, that's what Pedro believed. Right. So now we're going to get into the timeline. So let's go. Let's get it, Ben. All right. So after that happened, uh, Pedro fled to Mogidas Cruces in the interior of the state of Sao Paulo. There, Pedro began a series of burglaries, focusing on stealing from drug dealers. He allegedly hooked up with the widow of a drug boss. Some accounts say that Pedro killed the drug boss. The widow was named Botina, and they began living together. Um, Botina, I looked it up, means boot. (laughs) What? Hmm. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's like a Brazilian bay, you know? Oh, it could be. Little boot. Or boo, my boo, my little Little, boo. My little boot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't know I don't like, know. Oh, that's a weird i don't nickname. know but if, if yeah. you're listening and you know please let us know maybe maybe she kicked um, ass i don't know <laughs> oh maybe yeah it's up people's asses yeah. um so <laughs> pedro took on the duties of the dead drug boss and uh was soon forced quote unquote to eliminate some rivals killing three ex-cronies but then botina was murdered allegedly by police Some accounts say that Pedro regrouped soldiers and set up his own drug business. Other accounts say he abandoned the drug business altogether. In any case, shortly after Botina's death, he met and moved in with a woman named Maria Aparcida Olympia, and she soon became pregnant. 
but Pedro and Maria were attacked by gang members while walking down the street one day, and Maria was murdered before the child was born. Pedro was able to escape. He then relentlessly sought out the perpetrators of Maria's murder. He tortured and murdered several people in in an attempt to find out the identity of the gangster who killed Maria. Then, in order to avenge her death, he barged into a wedding of the gang, killed seven and wounded at least 16. This was all before he was 18 years old, and he had already left a trail of 10 bodies and several injured. Another story of something that allegedly happened around this time is that a female cousin of Pedro's became pregnant, but the father of the child refused to marry her. So Pedro shot and killed him. What? <laughs> <laughs> One of the problems with putting the timeline together for this case is that there aren't a lot of dates or names of the mm-hmm. victims. Right. Uh, But one of the victims named was Pedro's own father, Pedro Rodriguez Sr. So his father, as we mentioned earlier, was always abusive to the family and he ended up killing Pedro's mother with 21 blows from a machete. Uh, When Pedro found out, he reportedly went to visit his father at a local prison in Mogidas Cruces. He then attacked and stabbed his father 22 times. So one more time than his mother was uh, stabbed. Yeah. You know, stabbed with a machete. Yeah. Uh, 22 times again, because his father stabbed his mom 21 times. Then Pedro cut out his father's heart and bit a piece off and then he chewed the piece and then he spit it out and then threw the heart away. That's another one of the stories that I feel like maybe was embellished a little bit. I don't know. It could have, it could have, we could, were, you know, who knows? We weren't there. Check the yeah. footage. Yeah. You know, don't fact check me. <laughs> but that's the story. And it's, and that's like the big story in all of the, uh, articles. Yeah, I'd say that's the the most gruesome yeah. el- part of of definitely. Story, yeah. So. Who knows for sure if it's real. Yep. Okay, so here we have a date. <laughs> On May Ooh, 24th, yes. 1973, when he was 19 years old, Pedro was arrested for murder, but we don't know which one. Allegedly, when he was arrested, he was put in the back of a police truck with, some reports say, one other man, uh, other reports say two men, but in any case, one of the other men was an alleged rapist. When police arrived at the location where they were taking the men and opened the door, they found that Pedro had killed the alleged rapist with his bare hands. Which is weird because I would assume that they would all be in like handcuffs, handcuffs. behind their back. Yeah, maybe... yeah. I, I, I find that uh, story suspicious, but mm. it's part of part of his. his uh, yeah, <laughs> part of part mm-hmm. of his story. Yeah, Beth has a better Spidey sense than I do. I believe everything. <laughs> what you can fly? Oh, cool. Can you show me? You can't. Oh, that's okay. I believe it. <laughs> Uh, Pedro, Pedro was sentenced to 128 years at Taubute prison in Sao Paulo, Brazil, but this did not stop him from killing. Pedro was in prison for most of his adult life and he continued to murder while he was in prison because he said 
The people he killed there were bad and outlaws who deserved to die. Now, the conditions in Brazilian prisons are really pretty awful. They are severely mm. overcrowded, underfunded, and corrupt. And because of this, it's impossible for prison authorities to maintain control inside of the prisons. So certain inmates mm. are chosen by the authorities and given cell keys, while the guards only, oh. only patrol the external areas. And uh, of course, th huh? this is perfect for gangs who offer detainees protection when the prison authorities don't. And according to mm. Human Rights Watch, Brazil has one of the worst penal systems in the world. Okay, remind me not to go to prison in Brazil. No, don't. Um, <laughs> on top, yeah, on top of this, many in the system have not been convicted of a crime, but are just awaiting trial. Presumably, many of these people are innocent, but are detained in prison anyway, sometimes for long periods of time, years even. Detainees will often, and understandably so, join gangs to protect their lives behind bars and then remain affiliated with the gangs after release. But Pedro was actually never affiliated with any gangs as far as we know. Uh, he survived on his mm -hmm. own. He said he targeted rapists, pedophiles, child murderers, and anyone else that he deemed to be bad. He reportedly became very popular while in prison, and people would send letters to him to ask him to murder someone who raped or killed their loved ones, and he would do it. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. You can, you can ask the DJ for a request <laughs> yeah. in prison. Wow. A killer DJ. That's crazy. <laughs> the killer DJ. DJ Brazilian Dexter, y'all! Up in oh, the house! That's, that's yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Ooh, Brazilian Dexter! <laughs> um, in 1998, Francisco de Assis Pereira, another Brazilian serial killer known as the Park Maniac, was arrested for the rapes and murders of 11 women and for assaulting nine others in Sao Paulo Park. Today's episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. It was a night like any other. We'd just finished a live show of the podcast at Madison Square Garden. It was nice to see Megan and Harry. You know, so nice of them to come. And then we told the pilot, hey, gas up the PJ. We out of here. Wait, gas up the PJ? Megan and Harry? <laughs> Just go with it, okay? Okay, okay. So, Wendy, we gassed up the PJ, and then what? Well, <laughs> while we were on the PJ, that's private jet for regular folks. I was wondering. We, we were up in the clouds, scoring some quality time with Best Fiends. It was incredible. And the good news is, I'm on level 393. Right on. <laughs> yes, it sounds incredible. But if mm -hmm. your head's in the clouds like Wendy, in an imaginary <laughs> private jet with Megan and Harry, or your feet are firmly planted on the ground, ground at work or in line at the grocery store. One thing is true. Best Fiends is just plain fun. Mm, it is true. Now, Best Fiends is a free to download mobile puzzle game with thousands of exciting levels for new adventures and challenges every time you play. There are dozens of unique fiends to collect so you can customize your team of fiends to defeat the menacing slugs. I'm sorry. I was just looking at this funny text from Harry. Anyway, power up your favorite fiends to new levels for even more powerful skills and watch them transform as they get stronger. With offline play, Wendy's favorite, you'll mm -hmm. never be stranded without fun, even if you lose your internet connection. Download your favorite getaway, Best Fiends, for free today on the App Store or Google Play. You'll even get $5 worth of in-game rewards when you reach level 5. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. 
Pedro vowed to kill him. He said that he hated Francisco because of what he did to innocent women, separating his actions from those of other murderers, interestingly. Yeah, uh, but in 2000, during a prison riot, Francisco de Assis Pereira was attacked by several other inmates. He survived, but was transferred to another facility, and Pedro never had a chance at him. Pedro did say that he killed at least 10 inmates on behalf of other inmates to help or to protect them. I assume many of the others he killed in self-defense. At some point, again, we don't know the date, Pedro was attacked by five inmates. Pedro killed two of them and injured three. In the attack, Pedro's face was permanently scarred. Mm. But according to some reports, many of the men that Pedro killed in prison hadn't even been convicted yet and were still awaiting trial. Uh, He also killed some people for spurious reasons, such as a cellmate who snored too much and another who he didn't like the look of immediately when he met him. He was also interviewed at one time saying he got a thrill and joy of killing other criminals. He also said that his favorite method of murder was by stabbing or hacking with blades. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. (laughs) No, my worst nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. Though Pedro was initially sentenced to 128 years in prison, the crimes he committed while he was in jail upped his sentence to 400 years. But... By Brazilian law, the maximum prison sentence is 30 years. So I don't know why they give those sentences because they're ridiculous. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. What's the point? Uh, Just give him 30 years if that's all he can get. But he did serve Mm -hmm. an additional four years for the murders that he committed in prison. And in 2007, he was released, having served 34 years. Pedro lived uh, for three years outside of prison and worked as a housekeeper and caretaker in Comboriu in Santa Catarina, which is south of Sao Paulo. But September 15th in 2011, he was arrested by police for charges of causing six riots and false imprisonment, which occurred many years ago while he was in prison in Sao Paulo. He told reporters that he had been living a quiet life in Comboriu. Uh, working hard and being well-liked by the neighborhood. And his neighbors did say that he was a nice and gentle man who didn't bother anyone. And they felt that he did his time for his crimes and that he should be left alone. No one actually had anything bad to say about him. But he was convicted and sentenced to eight years on those charges. So, where are they now? Well, here I go, I'll tell you. Uh, Pedro was released in 2018, and he now has a YouTube channel. Pedrino X Matador <laughs> has over 82,000 subscribers and more than 5 million fucking views, yeah. man. Yeah, you can you can go to that channel and, and uh, watch him. You can't understand him because he speaks Portuguese, but... Right, it's in Portuguese, yeah. but feel free. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, should we link it in the show notes? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. No, you guys can Google it. <laughs> Yeah, you guys can do that. Uh, so he converted to Christianity and he talks about crime um, and he discourages young people from committing crimes. Uh, he said he doesn't regret the murders and he doesn't deny killing approximately 100 people. He's, yeah. He doesn't say he didn't do it and, and is forthcoming about it. He admits it. Uh, he is also selling an ebook about his life and the Brazilian prison system. He says that he dreams of a peaceful life and that he doesn't like it when people recognize him. 
He also admits that crime did not pay. If it weren't for his criminal life, he says, he would have tried to make something out of his life. But he also justifies his actions by saying that he never killed the wrong person. He says that the reasons why he survived in prison for 34 years was because he always had a knife to defend himself, and he killed. He said that he is actually surprised that he is still alive. Well, Pedro Rodriguez Filo is lauded as a hero by some in his native country. He is seen as a street justice warrior bent on ridding the world of criminals, not unlike the Punisher, which is one of my favorite (laughs) comic book characters. You like the vengeance, huh? (laughs) I do. I do. And by the way, um, there was a really good, it's, it's on, there's a series on Netflix uh, about the Punisher and it is fucking amazing. Um, That hot, that hot guy from, um, the Walking Dead, Rick's old partner, who was oh, yeah, yeah. his wife while he, Rick was in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy. Woo! Okay. okay, so now we are going to get into our takeaways <laughs> and what we think made this killer snap. So um, I read that Pedrino could be described, according to psychiatrists, as a psychopath, someone who uh, has no remorse and no compassion for others. However, psychopaths do not develop affection. And he had a deep affection. He obviously loved his mom. That's why he killed in her name and his girlfriend. And he killed in her name, too. So maybe he was more of a sociopath for wanting to avenge their deaths. Um, Psychiatrist who analyzed him in 1982 for an expert report wrote that the greatest motivation of his life was the violent affirmation of oneself. And they diagnosed him as a paranoid and antisocial character. Um... I personally love the idea of people getting what they deserve. Sorry, I love karma. <laughs> She's a bitch. And uh, but but like, we don't know if these people really did the crimes. Right, right, so right. There's that. Yeah. And um, I I do wonder because now he's like out here living his best life. Yeah. Like, did he did that killer motivation just let the button just turn off? Right. Go away? As far as we know, he he has not committed any other murders. So. Um, yeah, right. I don't know. Um, again, he had a shitty early life, like we talked about with other serial killers, and a very abusive father. It's interesting mm-hmm. that he killed only men, uh, and they were mostly criminals. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. he made it a point to say that he did not kill women or children. Um, he was not a sexual mm-hmm. sadist. None of his crimes appear to be sexually motivated in any, any way at all. Um, and I, like right. I said earlier, I, I don't know if I believe all the stories. I think uh, a lot of them have been embellished. I don't, you know, he did murder people. Um, but I think he had mm-hmm. a good reason for embellishing his stories. Um, I think the prison, hmm. because the prisons are so bad. And I read somewhere, uh. I can't remember where, but I read somewhere that, um, a lot of the prisoners don't make it to 30 years. If they get 30 years in prison, they don't make it because they get killed in prison. Oh, Jesus. And wow. Pedro was not a big guy. Um, there's a reason why they called mm-hmm. him Pedrino because he's little. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but so I, so I think he needed an outsized reputation to scare people so they wouldn't fuck with him. And so uh, I think right. some of those stories like about him carving out his dad's heart and stuff, I don't, um, uh, he probably did kill his dad, but probably not in such a dramatic, yeah. such a dramatic way. Um, okay. And I find it's, 
strange <laughs> and frustrating that there isn't a lot of concrete information out there, like dates and names of victims, which is why I, I find it suspicious that uh, some of those stories mm. and, and they're just so dramatic, like a telenovela, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maria. Yeah. ¿Por qué? ¿Por qué? <laughs> so I, I think he murdered to survive and for some sort of justice mm -hmm. and personal honor code. Um so mm -hmm. I don't I don't know if he was a, a psychopath. Or if he just, you know, this is his way of surviving. Mm. Interesting take. And if he's out in the world and he doesn't need to kill anybody, then maybe he doesn't kill, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Here's what here's what needs to happen. What was that? He and OJ need to get together <laughs> and like interview each other. <laughs> you know, like that would be the weirdest I, interview I get ever. It, get a translator. Get a translator. And then Pedro can be like, yeah, this is what I did. And then OJ can be like, well, this is what they think. I, you know what I, I mean? It would just be interesting if to get a I bunch of it. killers in a room. Yeah. yeah to, to, this is such a stupid <laughs> idea. But I was just thinking, what if OJ and Pedrino got together and, and like had, had a chat? Yeah. Had a little chat yeah. over, anyway. over sushi or something. <laughs> yeah. Like OJ would be like, well, no, he Pedro would be like, "You only killed two people." <laughs> <laughs> Lame. <laughs> Epic fail. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You can edit this out. This was dumb. <laughs> Sorry. It's funny though. <laughs> so we don't know exactly. I think part of the problem also is that a lot of the stuff is in Portuguese. And so um, yeah. maybe not accessible for us. And, and, you know, some of the stories that I read uh, were obviously um, not factual um, because like, uh -huh. You know, the vice mayor who he he allegedly murdered early on, um, mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. of the articles called him uh, Minas Gerais, which is the state, <laughs> the Brazilian state that oh. they lived in. And they thought it was the guy's name. Oh, <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. Well, so when I was researching, um, I went to many pages, web web pages and articles that were in Portuguese and, and then, then Google will translate it them. for you, but yeah. it clearly is not um, a very accurate translation. Right. Just because they of, were... it's not, a, it's not the, the way they um, construct their sentences um, is completely different than yeah. how it is in English and, and um, certain words didn't translate. So I was, I, it was a little challenging to do research. It was very challenging. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if any of you loopsters out there speak Portuguese and you find more information about this, hit us up. Hey, you know where to find us. Yep. I'm my hip hop air horn and nothing's mm -hmm. happening. There we go. All right. <laughs> okay. going to get into how not to get murdered <clears throat> so it's been a while i'm a little rusty here we go <clears throat> if you love true crime and you don't want to die here's a tip for you <laughs> <laughs> 
This segment is not intended to be victim blaming. We thought of this segment because I read somewhere that a lot of people like to listen to true crime because they want to know what they can do to be safer. This is not meant to blame the victims. It's just learning from other people's mistakes. Sometimes we have no suggestions for a particular episode and we'll just offer up generic tips. So, um, uh, the Brazilian Dexter, his, he commented that his uh, favorite murder weapon of choice was a knife, which is my worst nightmare. Uh, the idea of a knife attack just terrifies me because um, they're unpredictable. A knife is so like small and uh, and sharp, like, sharp, and <laughs> it can just do so just much damage. <laughs> Um, so I just, please don't, just <laughs> you're going to no. kill me. I just don't want it to hurt. <laughs> um, so anyway, I looked up some tips on how maybe you could live to see another day in the event you are faced with a knife attack. And, um, you know, if there are any, if you, if you guys have any tips out there, get at us. If you yep. have encountered a knife attack and are willing to share, um, your experience with us, please do. Cause yeah. I, I hope that I can remember these tips that I'm about to read off to you. Um, so first tip is size up your attacker. Um, cause it is possible. Maybe they're like mentally ill or on substances or unstable, or maybe they're just playing a fucking joke on you, a sick ass joke. So try to figure out what, what kind of person you're dealing with and then ask them what they want. If it's a mugger, give up your things right away and get the hell out of there. If they want to fight, let them know, hey, look, I'm not interested in any violence. And um, if they seem unstable, you, you can or even if they want they want violence, you can try to diffuse the situation by talking them down or calming them down, speaking with a soothing voice and back away slowly. Um, yell for help. Um if maybe there's people around or people are really far away, yell for yeah, help. Make a scene. Maybe somebody can come and assist mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Make a scene. Um, if you have to disable your attacker, um, you can uh, aim for the neck. So strike their neck or kick them in the groin, grab their nose. Um, the, uh, we, 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 it, we did this tip in, in the first season at any place soft on their face, their nose, their eyes, their temples, their ears, um, Try to injure those spots on them to disable them um, and then run. <laughs> uh, defend. You can defend your defend yourself by throwing them off guard. Like if you've got your purse in your hand, like hit them with it. Or if you have a drink, like throw it at them. Or um, if you see a trash can handy or something, pick it up and throw it at them and then book it and get the hell out of there. Um, and then if you have to grab their wrists, uh, the, the wrist that has the knife in it, to try to disable them. Your wrists are not as strong as you think. Your arm is strong, but if you grab the wrist, you'll be able to, uh, you might be able to um, uh, maybe get the, the knife out of their hand or at least keep it away from right. you. Um, and then if you have to punch and fight like hell, keep striking them and fight them to the ground if you need to. Um, I think the article was saying something and I, I, I kind of watch MMA fights, Um but on the ground is the most dangerous place for the person on the bottom to be okay. because they're um, you're stronger and you have more power when you're on, on top. top. Okay. So if you get them to the ground, you might have a better chance. Um, and then once you get away, find help, kind call 911, ask some, the first person you see to call 911 and um, get to safety and get medical attention as quickly as possible. And then um, 
all of us listening should consider taking a self-defense class. Yeah. Now, it is still on my to-do list. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've <laughs> but, been talking uh, about it for a long time and we still need to do that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we do still need to do that. So um, I hope those tips help somebody. And uh, if you have anything to add, Beth? Nope. Okay. Uh, well, in that case, let's get into some serial killer or crime, true crime news. Um, so extra, extra, read all about it. What do you got? <laughs> well, not not uh, true crime news, but uh, speaking of awful prisons, on uh, Friday, mm-hmm. July 12th, uh, 2019, uh, that's which mm-hmm. at, when this airs, it will be tomorrow. Lights for Liberty, mm-hmm. a vigil to end human detention camps, is being held in many places across the United States and the world. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is a protest against the Trump camps holding migrant children and families. So if you're interested, check out what's going on in your area by going to lightsforliberty.org slash local events. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for that bit of news, sure. Beth. Um, I don't know, maybe we should make a Fruit Loops trip to this yeah, event if yeah. we can. Um, to your point, I also, this, what's going on with the migrant um, uh, families and, and children at the border is, um, I think, a human rights Issue, crisis. Yeah. And whatever side you're on politically, human beings, I don't think, should be treated this no, way. It's and so if you can't make it to this vigil and you're sick of just like, sharing Facebook stories or retweeting, um, you know, Congress people, um, you can also donate because, um, a lot of these people need legal representation, um, and resources. Um, and, uh, Raices is an organization that I've donated to in the past. Um, and I, I donate a little bit every time I get super outraged. Um, because it, it, it is a way to help. So if you, if you want to help in another way, like maybe you can't, get to the border or send resources to the border or you don't know what the fuck to do because this is such a mess check out raices.com or maybe it's raices.org i'll put the link up in the show notes r-a-i-c-e-s like roots in spanish um in it it's um they're 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 helping these people um get legal representation and resources so um, okay. Also, call your congressman. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to get into the portion of our show uh, where we shout out any content by people of color or about people of color, women, um, any marginalized groups, and any true crime goodies. I didn't have anything planned, but this episode isn't going that long. So I did want to shout out um, when they see us on Netflix about the Central Park Five. Uh, who we now refer to as the exonerated five, those five right. uh, black and brown boys who um, were wrongfully convicted of raping um, a white woman in Central Park. And um, they're out now. Ava DuVernay has done a five or a four part mini series. And it, I sobbed the first time I watched it. It is excellent. You have to get through it. Uh, yeah. Especially yeah. if you don't know anything about what happens in our justice system in the United States. Take a look. Yeah. What do you got, Beth? Um, I wanted to shout out Always Be My Maybe on Netflix. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute. 
cute. Yeah, it was. It was written by and starred Ali Wong and Randall Park, two very funny mm-hmm. Asian American comedians. And mm-hmm. I'm actually not a big fan of romantic comedies. I don't usually like them, but this uh-huh. one is really, really funny. I really enjoyed it. And so I wanted to oh, shout that yeah. out. Oh, thank you so much. I love, I love, and Keanu Reeves. Hello, Mr. Oh, yeah. Snack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he has a bit part in that too. Yeah. <laughs> um okay well um this has been fun but let's tell the people where they can find us beth our website is fruitloopspod.com our facebook page is fruitloopspod and our discussion group is fruitloopspod discussion on facebook we are also on twitter and instagram at fruitloopspod and links to our sources will be in our footnotes If you want to support the show, you can send us a donation on the Cash app, which you can download to your phone, or you can find online at cash.me forward slash dollar sign Fruit Loops Pod, or you can become a monthly patron through our Podbean patron page. This will help us pay for things like our website and pod hosting. There's no minimum and no commitment. Even a dollar would help. We also have merch on our website now at fruitloopspod.com forward slash merch. That's right. Now, this is a weekly podcast and new episodes drop every Thursday. So until next time, look alive, guys. It's crazy out there. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. 24 hours ago, I found out the person I'd been dating and seeing for the last six months as a combat. That is my sister Emma. Andrew Tonks's lies had been so convincing, she'd invested $300,000 with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity. But to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual.
Coming up in this series, Annette's been Muda. All this stuff goes through my mind. I'm really, really scared. I'm assuming Sarah has watched too much Netflix and figures I've been defrauding you. Couldn't be further from the truth. That's what this was, a real life story that seems so unbelievable, but it was actually true. A true story that all starts with one simple swipe to the right. I'm Sarah Ferris. And I'm Emma Ferris. And this is my story, Conning the Con. <laughs> 